When we left this story, Ruth and Boaz were in his field at night. Ruth essentially proposes to Boaz by asking him, stretch your cloak over me, for you are my next of kin. She thought that Boaz was the next of kin of her deceased father-in-law, Elimelech, and that perhaps he would take advantage of his opportunity to care for her and Naomi. But Boaz knew there was another man who was closer to being the next of kin and who had the first right to redeem the property that Elimelech either sold or let lie fallow when he moved the family to Moab. So Boaz came up with a plan. He met this man who has no name in the text. He met him at the city gates and had him to sit down and and surrounded the man and himself with the elders of the community. It's apparent in the text that this man had no idea he was about to have this very public meeting with Boaz. It seems that he doesn't know anything about the land of Elimelech, and he certainly doesn't know that Ruth and Naomi will be conveyed with the property. So with a certain amount of cunning, Boaz first tells the man just about Elimelech's land. And the man, seeing the opportunities here, says, I will take it, I'll redeem it. Then Boaz brings up the part about him having to marry Ruth, if he does. And the man says, on second thought, I'm going to take a pass. He was more interested in the opportunities of redemption than in the responsibilities and commitments. So following an ancient practice, he took off his sandal and he gave it to Boaz as a pledge A pledge that here says, you can make the commitment. It's striking to me that we're not given this man's name. He could be anybody. He could be anybody up to this day who has difficulty with making a commitment. And sometimes for very good reasons. Perhaps... It's because someone made a commitment to you that you counted on and they couldn't keep up their end of the commitment and it left you hurt and unsure you could ever trust again. Or maybe you're the one who couldn't keep a commitment and it left you feeling guilty and not trusting yourself with new commitments. Sometimes people just have all the commitments they can handle and they don't want another one. Sometimes they just want to keep their options open. Sometimes they are more in love with the idea of a relationship or a community or a cause than they are with commitment to these things that always have flaws. But it's clear in our narrative today that Boaz is ready to make this commitment. He's planned for it. There's so many things that this text tells us about commitment, but I just have time to bring out just just a couple of them. The first thing is that a commitment, according to this text, is something that you receive. 
In fact, through all of the texts of Scripture, it's consistently made clear that a commitment is God's calling in our life. And God doesn't ask us if we want this calling. Boaz just went out to his field one day, and there he saw Ruth. And very soon he knew what he had to do. There is no dating, there's no wooing, there's no weighing of the options. The text doesn't even tell us that there's love. There's just a commitment to kindness and to fulfilling the responsibilities of the next of kin when he realized that the other man would not care for Ruth and Naomi. It's very similar to Ruth's commitment to Naomi. You don't pick or choose your mother-in-law. Ruth received Naomi, but she was so committed to her that she said that she will stay with her wherever she goes. Similar to our commitments to our parents, we don't pick our parents, we receive them. And we follow the call to honor them, even if we cannot love them. And it's similar to the commitment to Christian community. Shopping for a desired community misses the whole point of its holiness. A community is holy because it is given to us by God. And then, secondly, this text demonstrates how commitments lead to blessings. Blessings for us and blessings for those around us. When the elders and the other people at the gate witness Boaz's commitment to care for Ruth and Naomi, they gathered around him and they blessed him. They said, may God make the woman who comes into your house like Rachel and Leah who built the house of Israel. May God make. Next week we'll look at the blessings that God made because of the commitment of Boaz and Ruth. But for now it is enough to note that in the making of commitments, we find one of God's favorite ways of building the house of Israel and the house of the church and your house. Wherever two or three are gathered in my name, says the Lord Jesus, I will be there in the midst, in the midst. And if you know that the Lord is in your commitment to those around you, then you don't have to try to be their savior. Because it's just irritating when somebody other than Jesus tries to save us. C.S. Lewis wrote about a tombstone that said, erected by the sorrowing brothers in memory of Martha Clay. She lived her life for others. Now she has peace, and so do they. <laughs> Let the Lord Jesus be the Savior. According to Boaz, 
your commitment is to kindness and then seeing what God makes of it. In the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.